the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. And I've come to the conclusion that I'm a kingmaker. I'll never be the king. I'll never be the star of the show. But apparently I lift everybody up. I, of course, am the main reason. uh, All you do is give, give, give. (laughs) I'm, of course, the main reason why Sean McDonough, not anything to do with his talent, got Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's 100% Mr. Spielman's doing that uh, Sean McDonough got Monday Night Football, that good things happen to everyone. And I am the beneficiary today on uh, Friday, October the 9th. Because let me tell you, folks, the most spectacularly beautiful garage door is being installed at my home right now. <laughs> Paid for by Chris Spielman. Uh, made necessary by Chris Spielman and his linebacker driving style, having bashed the front of my garage door and rendered it no longer operational. But thanks to uh, Mr. Spielman's code where he has to atone for his life mistakes. He would not allow me to turn it in on my homeowner's insurance. He will pay for it. That's just the kind of give-give-giver he is, and wow, does it look great. So we start a Friday podcast, the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Sans Mr. Spielman, but he's here in my heart as I talk to you because... He is making my curb appeal soar, just like he made Sean McDonough's career soar, and just like I'm sure he's a thousand percent responsible behind the scenes, of course, for my new gig at 98.9 The Answer. Thanks for joining me. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we invite you to participate via Facebook, uh, via Periscope. Comment. I'll put your comment on the screen. I'll react to it if you have questions about the games coming up this weekend. We have a really good college football weekend, as good a college football weekend as we've had so far. We don't have the Buckeyes yet, but we have Buckeye news. It's not great news. Dwayne Haskins' career as a starting quarterback. I'm going to say it's over, but it hits a little valley, and you know we'll see if Dwayne Haskins can respond to that. He's been benched by the Washington Redskins. That's where we start this edition of the podcast. He has not played well to date. Chris saw him a couple weeks ago against the Browns. He had four turnovers in that game. They have been whispering in Washington for a while that Dwayne Haskins does not have the attention to detail, uh, the work ethic that they want to see. You never know if that's real or imagined. Uh, You never know exactly how much time a rookie is devoting to film study and all the things that you would like to see a 15th overall pick do. For whatever reason, Dwayne Haskins is going to the bench. He's not even going to the backup role. He's going to number three. seems to me it's a way to get his attention and to tell him that more is required of him. Now, Ryan Day spoke highly favorably, as you would expect, of Dwayne Haskins the other day on uh, Coach Day's radio show on 97.1 The Fan. Haskins is, uh, I think, one of those guys that's indicative of the fact that you're better off going into the NFL with two years of starting experience in college than you are one year. And that's why it's important for Justin Fields to get out there and play this year because I think it'll make Justin Fields a much better NFL quarterback. The guys who start three years adapt better than the guys who start two years, and the guys who start one year are really up against it just because of the difference in speed, quality of the players, quality of the coverage, smaller windows, all those kinds of things. So I don't think Dwayne Haskins is done, but it's 100% dependent upon how he responds to this adversity in his career. Uh, So we'll see. We'll keep watch on that. The one thing about the quarterback position in the National Football League, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how much success you have, 
Uh, you always are judged by what you do in your last game. Proof positive, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last night, Chicago Bears game there out in front in control of. Bears come back. Bears go ahead by halftime. Bears get kick a late field goal. Okay, no problem. Tom Brady's got more than a minute. All he needs is a field goal. We would have all bet, I think, on Tom Brady. But Tom Brady looked like he lost track of what down it was in that football game. The Bucks couldn't move, couldn't get a first down. Brady threw an incompletion on third down. And while both he and Bruce Arians were hesitant to say afterward that he lost track of what down it was, the fact that he went over to the official and was arguing, hey, you know, we got another down, uh, certainly indicates that Tom Brady lost track. So quarterback is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. Sports is too, but no more so than at the position of quarterback. Brady last night did not get it done. Bucks lose to the Bears, who how many 4-1 teams have benched their starting quarterback and are getting eh, middling play from their quarterback and are still winning? Uh, not very many, but at least one, and that one team is the Chicago Bears. Uh, news on the NFL on the COVID front, former Buckeye Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans squad, which has had more trouble with COVID so far than any other team in the league, they are coming out of their COVID testing jackpot. They will play the Buffalo Bills on Tuesday night. So it won't be Maction on Tuesday night, but you'll have NFL football on Monday, a doubleheader because the Patriots, who played the Titans last week, Patriots and Broncos will play Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern time. 5 p.m. Eastern time. That'll be on ESPN. Then we'll get to the regularly scheduled Monday night football game, Chargers and Saints. That'll also be on ESPN. So a doubleheader. And then Tuesday night, Titans and Bills will play. So, you know, you'll have, if you like football, more football is better than no football. And eventually we'll get Big Ten football and have more football. But let's switch gears to college. And the game of the week to me is Saturday night, 7.30, Clemson and Miami. Did you know the ACC has four teams in the top 10? I did not know that. Now, it's a little bit, you know, asterisky <laughs> to count the ACC as a team, as a league with four top 10 teams. Because, first of all, Big Ten teams are not getting the run that they would get if they were playing. They're not, I mean, Ohio State is, but, you know, the other teams, they're not given the chance to impress. So North Carolina being in the top 10, that may be a factor of Pac-12 and Big Ten teams not playing. But certainly Notre Dame, are they a real ACC member? Well, they are this year in football. Every other year they're not in football, so Notre Dame counts this year. In a normal year they would not count. But certainly Clemson and Miami are legit. Miami looks the part so far with De'Eric King transfer from Houston at quarterback. He's a problem. He's a problem. This will be a good barometer of how good Clemson's defensive line is now that De'Eric King is a dual-threat quarterback and Miami has weapons out on the edge, pretty good running attack, and it'll also be a barometer of Clemson's offensive line because Miami's got two really stud defensive ends. Clemson thinks it does, but its guys are young. They recruited really well. We'll find out a lot about Clemson on Saturday night. Um, I expect Clemson to win, but given what's happened so far, I wouldn't be shocked. I think we could have an upset weekend here. Because if you look at that game, you look at the games in the SEC where Georgia plays Tennessee, where Florida plays at Texas A&M, and yes, I know they're 23-point favorites, but I'm going to say there's something weird in the air when Alabama plays Mississippi. 
Something weird in the air. You can say, well, uh, back in the day, Bruce, it was cheating. Hugh Freeze was cheating at Ole Miss to get players like Laquan Treadwell and Laramie Tunsil. Yes, he was. But this, of course, is a matchup of Nick Saban against Lane Kiffin. Nick Saban against Lane Kiffin. So when you mix in the fact that Ole Miss has had a, some success against Alabama and that Lane Kiffin is going up against Nick Saban, now he'd be the first Nick Saban assistant ever to beat Nick Saban. But it just wouldn't shock me if that game is a little bit more interesting than people think it otherwise would be. Typically, going into this weekend, we'd be focused on the Oklahoma-Texas game, the Red River shootout. That's always the battle for supremacy in the Big 12. Whoever wins that, you keep your eye on them the rest of the year. Can they score enough points to mitigate their crummy defense and be a thorn in the side of the Big 10 when it comes to college football playoff first? Don't have to worry about that this year. Texas and Oklahoma are a combined 3-3, three and three, and they're lucky to be 3-3. Three and three. Oklahoma's lost to Kansas State, and they've lost to Iowa State. They're done. They're out of the top 25. Texas is 2-1, and one, but Texas had to rally from 15 down in the last three minutes to beat Texas Tech, and Texas got beat last week by TCU. Texas can't stop anybody. Oklahoma can't stop anybody. So you'll be able to watch two offenses score a lot of points, but you will not be watching two playoff hopefuls. I cannot see either one of those teams getting in the college football playoffs. Now, Texas, coached by former Ohio State offense coordinator Tom Herman. You know what I don't hear anymore? I don't hear Tom Herman genius talk anymore. I used to hear it a lot. Oh, Tom Herman, Tom Herman, Tom Herman. Yeah, we just, until Ohio State lured Ryan Day away from the San Francisco 49ers, when Ohio State was muddling through the uh, Ed Warriner. Uh, Tim Beck era, when JT Barrett couldn't throw the football and Clemson was shutting out Ohio State 31 nothing in the college football playoff. Everybody's like, oh, if only Tom Herman hadn't left Ohio State. Oh, Tom Herman, Tom Herman, Tom Herman. Tom Herman was the boy genius, Mensa member. And I said throughout that era, wait a minute, don't give Tom Herman the credit. Urban Meyer's the guy with three national championship rings. But people were determined to find the man behind the man, and they gave all the credit to Tom Herman. And then Tom Herman left, and he went to Houston. He did a really good job. And they beat they beat Auburn, I think, in the Peach Bowl because Auburn didn't want to be there. They wanted to be in the SEC title game and the college football playoff. So Herman, you know, he's got all this going on at Houston, and then he parlays that into the Texas job, and people are thinking, and I actually, I did think, wow, he's going to knock it out of the park at Texas. Well, he's not knocking it out of the park at Texas. A couple of years ago, I thought he might be on the cusp when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. But that was one of those one team wants to be there, one team doesn't want to be there games. Georgia was disappointed. They lost the SEC title game. They didn't get in the playoffs, so they go to the Sugar Bowl. It's a consolation prize. Texas is all excited about being there. Texas wins the game. Since that game, Texas is 10-6. and 10-6. and six. So that's not good enough. For the Orange Bloods in Austin, and they are on Tom Herman's keister, as I understand why. I understand why. So, guess who is the uh, object of Texas fans' affections? Can you think? Well, are there any college coaches out there who have won uh, in the SEC, in the Big Ten, who might be able to bring that success to the state capital of Texas and 
turn the Texas Longhorns back into what they were for a while under Mac Brown. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Urban Meyer's out there. Urban Meyer's out there. So I've been seeing a lot of this, would Urban Meyer take the Texas job? Uh, Matt Leinert, who is Urban Meyer's partner on the Fox Big Noon kickoff, was asked a couple of weeks ago about Urban Meyer taking the USC job. That's been out there ever since the beginning of last year with Clay Helton and battled at USC. And that will rekindle the minute Clay Helton loses a game. Maybe if he loses their season opener at Arizona State, that'll fire back up. I don't know if Urban is interested in getting back in coaching. Leinert says that Urban enjoys the time with his family, and here's the quote. (laughs) He loves that his head is not exploding. He loves that his head is not exploding. Well, I, you know, honestly, I haven't thought about that this morning, but I'm glad my head's not exploding. Are you glad your head's not exploding? That's a graphic way to put it, Matt Leinert. Uh, but Urban, we all know, had the brain cyst his final year at Ohio State. We saw him bent over on the sidelines, looking miserable. He's a stress ball. Uh, aside from all the talk and stories that make us feel good about how Urban dialed back his intensity once he came here from Florida, uh, really, that happened to some degree, but did it completely eliminate his internal fire to win? Of course not. Of course not. Uh, That's in you. It's in you. You can't get it out. So what if, what if USC and Texas are both courting Urban Meyer after this season? Whoo, he would have been out two years, 56 years old, got plenty of life left. That'd be interesting. Could Urban Meyer become the first $10 million a year football coach? I don't think Saban makes $10 million. Uh, he could if he demand it. But Urban Meyer back at either Texas or USC, the parallels are stark. He'd be going into leagues that have no respect nationally. Remember the Big Ten when he got here? It's hard to remember what our reputation was nationally when Urban came to Ohio State. But... It was in tatters similar to the Big 12 now and the Pac-12 now. So Urban elevated not just Ohio State. He elevated the rest of the Big 10 because you got to try to keep up. Michigan lured Harbaugh. They thought that would do it. It didn't do it. Penn State with James Franklin, that's a function of Urban and trying to keep up with Urban. Minnesota with P.J. Fleck. Um, I would argue Wisconsin with Paul Christ. Everybody's shooting to get on the same plane as Ohio State in the league. Nobody's done it, but they're all endeavoring to do it. The Big Ten was a laughing stock nationally. It was getting dusted on New Year's Day in bowl games, and everybody was saying it was a joke, and it was a joke. So that'll just bear watching. Urban Meyer, courted by USC, perhaps courted by Texas as well. Now, before we switch to the NFL and the Browns and the Bengals, it's a great time to remind you that October is the time of year, for whatever reason, I never figure out why, you know, there's a fiscal year, F-I-S-C-A-L, and a calendar year when the businesses, their fiscal year ends in weird junctures of the calendar. Similarly, for some reason, the healthcare year, October is a key date, which means you're probably in the midst of, whether you are a employee with health insurance or an individual who has health insurance, the one window in the year where you can switch your health insurance and not have a lapse in coverage. That means it's never been more important than right now to know what you're paying for 
are you getting what you need in the event that something comes up in your life that is most probable, okay? If you're in your 50s, probably not going to need maternity benefits, okay? If you're in your 20s, you're probably not going to need cancer coverage. It's just more likely some things happen at a certain age. So is the plan that you're in tailored to the needs that you are most likely to have? The answer to that question is out there for you to find on a website or on a long phone menu somewhere. But if you'd like to not waste the time or not trust your ability to find that, and I can tell you right now, I couldn't find it if I searched for it. I know where to go to get that information. It's a click away, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. I'd give you the number, but you wouldn't remember it. Just go to the website. The number's right there. They have a chat and everything. You'll hook up with Chrissy, with Julie, with Steve, with somebody at AUI. And they'll take you through all the whys, wherefores, doctors, copays, hospitals, networks, this, that, the other. They're also the experts on some plans. They're like, you know, any insurance. You might have coverage, but actually getting the coverage? Eh, a little dicey. They'll be able to tell you who's good, who lives with their word, who doesn't. Now, what's that going to cost you? I know it's hard to believe, but zero is the amount. Because it's not like they're working for free. They're, they're a business. They get compensated by the insurance company. So it's auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. That is where you go to get the answers to your health insurance needs as a family, as an individual, as a business, to line it up for your employees, to retain the best employees, to recruit the best employees, auiinfo.com. And please tell them you heard about it on the Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I think we're going to get both the Browns and the Bengals on TV this week. I, don't swear to me because I can't, even though Spiels has explained it to me, I can never understand how they jockey around. And some weeks we get them both, some weeks we get only one. But I think we're going to get them both this week because the Bengals play at one against the Ravens and the Browns play at 425 in Cleveland. That's a weird starting time for Cleveland, but they've targeted that game. It's a game between two three and one teams, Browns and Colts. Okay. So how legit is the Browns 3-1? and one? How legit is the Colts 3-1? and one? Browns have beaten the Bengals, rookie quarterback. The Redskins, rookie quarterback. Not, uh, not a rookie quarterback, inexperienced quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, who's since been benched. And Dallas. We all know what happened last week in Dallas. Browns out big, Browns, Browns, and let them back in it. But they won it at the end. Those are the Browns' three wins. Lost to the Ravens, no disgrace in that. Losing in Baltimore, no disgrace. Ravens are really good. The Colts embarrassing loss to the Jags in week one. Since then, they've beaten Minnesota. That's a struggling team. Jets, that's a struggling team. About to fire their coach. And Bears, eh, Bears are good. I mentioned earlier they're 4-1, and one, but uh, I still don't believe in the Bears. They beat them with Trubisky. So, I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup of will the Colts' defense stop the Browns' offense enough for the Colts' offense to win the game, or can the Browns mitigate the problems that they have on defense and score enough to beat Phillip Rivers and the Colts. That's going to be a really good game. The Bengals game, I don't think that's going to be that good of a game, and I fear for Joe Burrow in that game. He didn't get sacked last week against Jacksonville, but the Ravens are another animal. Joe Burrow's been extremely impressive. He's setting a rookie record virtually every week that he plays. He didn't set one week one, but... He set one week two against the Browns for attempts by a rookie. He set one week three. Was that completions by a rookie? And now he set one week four with the third 300-yard passing game. 
Uh, that would, of course, in their win over Jacksonville. Now, Carson Palmer knows what Joe Burrow's up against. Uh, Carson Palmer was himself a number one pick overall. And Carson, this week, about Joe Burrow, says that his play is at a much higher level than I remember a rookie playing. Now, Carson didn't play as a rookie. They sat him behind John Kitna, but that's a different era. Back then, you could sit a rookie over a uh, number one overall pick because the thought was, we don't want to ruin him, put him out there too soon. Now, <laughs> if they pick you that high, you're out there. I mean, if they pick you in the first round, you're out there. Dwayne Haskins probably shouldn't have played at all last year, but, you know, when you pick a guy, he's the first-round quarterback, he's the franchise, like, let's get to the future now. There's no patience in the National Football League. To the detriment of some players. I don't think that helped Haskins last year. It certainly helped Carson Palmer to sit out, but Burrow's in there, and he looks the part. And, of course, the question will be, going forward over time, who's got the better quarterback in the Battle of Ohio, the Browns or the Bengals? I love the fact that Burroughs in Cincinnati and Baker Mayfield seems to be figuring out how to take advantage of all the weapons the Browns have around him. OBJ, uh, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt. Carson Palmer said this of the Browns' 3-1 and start and of Joe Burrow. Browns are still the Browns. Maybe it's early. But I trust my eyes. You don't know what you have in Baker Mayfield, but you know what you have in Joe Burrow. I think that's a little strong. I don't think the Bengals with 100% certainty can say that Burrow's going to be the guy, but I say that not because I have any qualms about Burrow. I say that because I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep him upright. Baker Mayfield... um, Carson Palmer's comment seems to indicate that Baker Mayfield doesn't have the stuff that a quarterback needs to be a franchise quarterback, a longtime starter in the league. I think Baker has that. I just think the Browns need to be careful in putting too much on Baker Mayfield, allowing him. I wouldn't put the burden on Baker Mayfield. Now, he's not Andy Dalton. He can do more than Andy Dalton. Can Baker Mayfield take you down the field? Can Baker Mayfield win you a game? Yes, he can. Can Baker Mayfield carry you for a season like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Big Ben? No. No. I don't think he can. But I would say that he might grow into that. Now, I didn't put Russell Wilson in the category with Brees and Brady and Big Ben because those guys, even Big Ben didn't carry the Steelers at first. The Steelers babied him along. The Browns need to... Keep Baker Mayfield at 30 attempts per game, not 35, not 40. I would guarantee you. Well, I wouldn't guarantee you because weird things can happen. But I would say that the Browns' chances of winning a game where Baker Mayfield throws 25 passes are astronomically higher than if Baker Mayfield throws 35 passes. Astronomically higher. I would not say that of Drew Brees, of Russell Wilson, um, of Aaron Rodgers, those guys, you want to give them as much chance to impact the game as possible. I think with Baker, it's not that I want to give him less chances to impact the game. I just believe that he's better in smaller doses. Joe Burrow's got to throw it because aside from Joe Mixon's 150-yard game last week against Jacksonville, the Bengals can't run it. But we'll see. We'll see. Now, Zach Taylor's done a nice job on offense with the Bengals this year, but they botched this. Carlos Dunlap, Bengals uh, defensive lineman, 
will not start Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. He shouldn't start Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. He is their lowest-rated defensive lineman this season, according to Pro Football Focus. Carl Lawson, the guy who will take his place, is their highest-rated defensive lineman this season. So that's a position change that needs to happen. It's not like Carlos Dunlap is ready for the old Bengals home. It's just that Carlos Dunlap in smaller doses, will be fresher and can come in on third down and presumably make an impact and get what to this point has been, you know, a sackless season for him behind him. You need sacks out of Carlos Dunlap. Maybe he'll be able to get you some if he's not starting, if he's mad, if he's hungry, if he's anxious, if he's excited, if he's rested. So I like that. But I don't like the fact that they didn't tell Carlos Dunlap that he was being demoted on the depth chart, that he had to find it out by reading it on a sheet of paper on the wall. That's not how you handle veterans. That affects your team beyond Carlos Dunlap. Other veterans aren't going to like that. Geno Atkins, not going to like that. A.J. Green, not going to like that. Because they're going to be like, is this how you treat veterans here? And the Bengals already struggle with internal issues on how they treat their veterans. So that was a bad move by Zach Taylor and by Lou Anarumo, their defensive coordinator. you got to let Carlos Dunlap know that, hey, we still love you. We still think you can help us. Uh, That's a big-time fail for the Cincinnati Bengals. Similarly, similarly, it'd be a big-time fail if you start your day with coffee from anybody but Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. There's so many different ways to feel good about starting your day with Hemisphere. Number one, quality of the coffee. It's off the chart. If I had an email from somebody who said they didn't like Hemisphere Coffee, I would read it to you. I would. I don't have any. Very rarely you get 100% approval, but Hemisphere does. Now, it's not just the great Hunter's Blend, House Blend, Jamaica Me Crazy, and all the other flavors that they have. It's not just that they make it easy for you in whatever form you like your coffee, whether it's K-Cups, whether it's roast, whether it's beans and you grind them yourself to get the ultimate freshness, whether it's light, medium, or dark roast. It's not just that. It's the fact that Hemisphere does great things around the world. I think we all would like to feel like we are supporting companies that have a mindset of helping others. We're in an era where we are certainly focused on how our actions impact others. So Hemisphere goes into foreign countries, buys their coffee direct from the grower. The grower gets more money than he would get from the middleman. Government in those foreign countries can't skim off the top. And then that money circulates in the local economy. And they have found, Hemisphere's founders, Paul and Grace, have found that while they were engaged in mission work, they could never do enough in those communities if the missionaries were just coming in and building wells and building homes and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was nice, but nothing happened beyond that. But now that they have transitioned into pairing ministry and business and are doing commercial deals with people in those impoverished nations, that money circulates around and everybody in the village benefits. You can be a part of that by buying from Hemisphere Coffee. Go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE. Browse their different varieties. Give them a call. Give them a call. I'm sure there are numbers on their website. Ask them, this is the kind of coffee I like. I taste the, uh, this is the taste I like, whatever. They have detailed descriptions of their coffee there. And by the way, keep in mind, a really out-of-the-box great corporate gift is a coffee uh, variety pack from Hemisphere, which will be packaged up boxed up very nicely. You just make a call, click on the website, boom, you send it to somebody, let them know you're thinking about them, thank some new client for doing business with you. 
HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. I can't recommend them highly enough. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Okay. <clears throat> what do I have left on my little sheet here? A reminder, hopefully, uh, you uh, will favor me with uh, the opportunity to lure you as a listener to my new show, 5 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday on 98.9 The Answer. Uh, 98.9 The Answer is owned by Salem Media. Salem is a Christian company. Salem is a conservative political company. Uh, that is their political mindset. Uh, that is my political mindset, as you know. Chris and I have made the effort in the last few weeks to not be as uh, political on this podcast as we were in the beginning. Uh, the tenor of the nation is uh, moving toward less and less tolerance for, in my view, opinions that are innocuous and fair to discuss. I could rail against that here. I could bring Chris in on those conversations. But in doing so, I wouldn't be a good friend to Chris because the last thing in the world I want to do is imperil his position at Fox Sports. Chris is extremely good at his job. And I believe his platform at Fox Sports is important for the impact he can have on people. So it's not that we're going to completely camouflage our opinions. He has said and will continue to say that he is pro-life, that he is uh, pro-Jesus Christ as his Savior. But we got into a lot of deep discussions about COVID and those lapsed into political, and he's a passionate guy and I'm a passionate guy, and when we get to talking, we tend to forget that our words are going out on a big platform and they're not just two guys talking privately. So we've prayed about how can we service your wants and needs as a listener and still stand for truth and yet not drive people away and not put his professional career in jeopardy. So I'm much more free to speak on the Salem Radio Network and at 98.9 The Answer about things that I find highly important in this era. Uh, I am not interested in only preaching to the choir. I am interested not only in talking to people so that I can convince them that my way is right. I am interested in hearing from people who don't look at things in life like I do so that I can accomplish two things. Number one, understand perspectives out there that do not come easy to me to understand because they're not, my prism is a faith prism. I look through everything through my faith in Christ and that prism. But it's important for me to understand how other people think differently so that I can know how to relate to them. I mean, we are charged as Christians with um, going everywhere and making disciples of all the nations, you know. And so I would be more effective doing that if I'm able to understand the thought process of the people who don't agree with me, right? So that's something that I hope if you're a liberal-oriented person, even a leftist-oriented person, that you would listen to the show and call the show, tweet the show, email the show, bruce at 989theanswer.com, tweet the show, The Hooli Show, or Behools, and call the show. And 
help me drive the conversation, help me understand you, and give me the opportunity for you to understand me. So that's what I'm hoping for. Um, so I was thinking today about the faith portion of the podcast, and you might be wondering why. You know, typically you guys start the podcast at 7 in the morning. Why did it start so late today? Um, I really felt like today I needed to be in my Bible first before I did the podcast. So that is why. That is why, because I just really felt like today, you know, I, I don't I don't love it that Chris's travel schedule to New York um, keeps him from being on this today, because, hey, we joke about it's a bigger show when he's here. It is a bigger show when he's here. It's a better show when he's here. So, you know, I'm cognizant of the fact that when he's not here, I can't lean on him for the spiritual content. I can't play off him for the spiritual content. So I really wanted to have something good for you today. First, let me read a review from uh, J-Mac. He says, uh, hard-nosed sports talk with common sense and faith-based commentary. Chris and Bruce bring it with intensity and passion you expect from number 36. Absolutely my favorite podcast. Thank you. We do read negative podcast reviews. Uh, We just haven't had one in a while. In fact, we really, I have been remiss in not asking you guys to review the podcast. So please review us on iTunes and let us know what you're thinking. And even if you've reviewed us before, fresh reviews help us. They help us grow. The way Apple looks at everything, it just helps us. All right, here's an email. SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. I'm glad I read that because it reminds me. I need to uh, I need to reward um, the COVID-19 relief winners. Okay, so here we go. This is from John. Uh, John says, congratulations on the new job at 98.9. That's great. I listened to your podcast earlier, and Chris's advice is always good stuff. I'm sure you do a great job. You're committed to your beliefs, and this new station seems to fit your perspectives well. I tried listening to the station, but could only handle about a minute of the conversation that was occurring at the time. My perspectives don't quite align. Okay, that's fair. Well, well listen to me, and hopefully you like me, or at least can listen to me, and call the show. Argue your side, John. Hopefully you'll continue the podcast with Chris so I can catch your sports takes. Hopefully, Chris will be a guest on your new show, as he always gives, gives, gives his time. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He gives, gives, gives. Always, 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 always. Um, yeah, uh, he will uh, be a guest, I think, at some point in time. And, um, hey, we don't have to always agree. Can we just converse? That would be wonderful. Another email to the show. from This is from a previous winner of COVID-19 Relief. Uh, fellas, I wanted to thank you for selecting me for COVID-19 relief. My brother, um, nominated me and I couldn't be more proud. I was furloughed at my job. And while it's not the end of the world, it did throw my family a bit of a curveball. The $250 is such a blessing and I'm very appreciative. My brother and I talk about your podcast often. He didn't tell me he was nominating me. It's a bit humbling because I'm not a woe is me guy at all. The uh, verses in Matthew 6, 25-34 on not worrying have been a guide for my life ever since I renewed my faith in the Lord. Those verses have given me so much comfort. God is in control, and he will provide as long as we trust in him. But in another way, being nominated brought a huge smile to my face because this was just another sign of God's love and his way of saying, don't worry. Yeah, it is. I've been right there with you. Uh, I'm not going to read the name because, you know, there's no reason to read the name. The sentiment is all that matters, and... And we appreciate that very, very much. Okay, so here we go with the drawings of the uh, COVID-19 relief winners. The first one I have is uh, Jessica. Jessica was nominated on uh, September the uh, what is it? September the 22nd. 
The next one that I have is uh, Jeff and Tatiana. They were nominated on May the 22nd. Uh, the next one that I have is Mariana. Oh, Mariana was nominated on uh, April the 16th. That's pretty cool. And the final winner today is Caleb. Caleb was nominated on the 18th of September. So there's your four winners today. There's your four winners today. We will get in touch with you, Carrie Spielman, uh, via email. I will email you, and you will be uh, brought in on how to receive the uh, $250 in COVID-19 relief. How do you nominate someone? Very easy. Send us an email just with a one-sentence thing about why you're nominating them and who they are. And then we'll get back in touch if we draw their name. And the names stay in the hopper forever until we finish this, probably after the first of the year. You don't need to keep nominating people. So uh, they're in there until they win. So thank you for that. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to Spielman CBD Products for CBD Health Collections, Volunteer Energy, um, Byers Mazda Dublin Subaru, the Detroit Lions who pay Chris to do preseason games, and Chris himself for funding the giveaway with his sale of memorabilia, including Big Ten Championship rings. He felt a need to give sacrificially, so that means you give more than you're you know, like comfortable. You give out of your stuff you'd like to keep, not just the stuff you're willing to give away. And so that was a big, I was I was blown away. I, in fact, I said, you sure you want to do this? So uh, that's his heart, and he's such a good man, such a good friend, and um, really appreciate him doing that. All right, so today... Uh, what do I have for you in the faith portion of the podcast? Uh, you all know, if you listen to the podcast at all, you know what I do every uh, day is read a chapter of Proverbs corresponding to the date of the month. So I always look forward to the 8th of the month because I love Proverbs 8, where Solomon is writing about the creation of wisdom, the creation of wisdom. And Proverbs 8 says that wisdom was the very first creation of God before he separated the uh, land from the sea before he hung the moon, the stars. Wisdom was his first creation. So I read Proverbs 8 yesterday. Proverbs 9 also talks about wisdom, but it also talks about folly, misguided thinking. Um, And it was interesting to me. Listen to this. In Proverbs 8, this is how Solomon describes wisdom. Does not wisdom call out? does not understanding raise her voice. On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries out loud. Okay, so that's wisdom. So it's out there. It's easy to find. It's at the gates of the city. It's on a high podium shouting to you. Now we go to Proverbs 9. And it's talking about uh, folly, misguided thinking erroneous thinking. Proverbs 9.13, the woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Okay, so that sounds pretty familiar to me. That wisdom is out there calling, from a high place, easy to hear, 
and folly, misguided thinking, erroneous thinking, is out there. Maybe not on the same, but on a similar spot where you hear it, it's hard to ignore. So we got competing voices, right? And that's what we hear in our country right now, don't we? we got a rancorous time in our country because we have competing voices. And we hear both. We hear both competing voices. This calls to my mind the image of that game we've all played in the swimming pool, Marco Polo. And when I was doing my Bible study during this period of trying to figure out what was my next professional opportunity, I felt like sometimes I was a kid playing Marco Polo, trying to find what God had for me. And there was just so many competing voices, you know, different professional opportunities, nothing coming to fruition. And just a lot of times when I tried to seek, God, what do you want me to do? It was just so much noise that I couldn't discern one voice, one direction, one purpose, one mission. And our world's like that right now. Hopefully, we are trying to find the voice of truth, the viewpoint of truth, the center of truth and which way we should proceed, whether it's in this election or whether it's in how we treat others, how we stand, uh, withstand or stand for truth during critical times. So we're looking for, we're trying to locate truth. And that truth in this instance to me is like that person who's shouting Marco Polo, like you got your eyes shut and you're hearing them, but where are they? Where are they? Where are they? You're looking, you're searching, you're trying to find it. And so I went back in my journal and I was reading uh, some things that I had written uh, before. And I wanted to read you this. And it says, we move... Think of that Marco Polo example. We're flailing around the pool trying to find the person yelling Marco Polo. We move. We change. We vacillate. God does not. His address is constant. We find God at the intersection of our submission, our searching, and our immersion in his truth. May this infuse us with clarity and commitment to become vessels for the injection of God's love into our lives and apply it in service to him. So I think we find God when, you know, Three Rivers Stadium, like the Three Rivers come together. We find God at the confluence of our immersion in his truth, our submission to his truth, and our searching for his truth. And so um, I know there's one place to find that, and it's right here. (laughs) And it's through prayer, and it's through journaling, and it's through being humble and listening. And so I put a couple scriptures on the screen, one that says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That's Proverbs 18.10. And then Jeremiah 29.13 is, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart your entire effort, your purpose, your mission, your striving, your just not going to settle for less. Just not going to settle for less than finding that truth. So I would like to inspire you with that. I hope I do. It's a privilege for me to be able to address you in this way. Um, I thank you so much for um, giving me the time to listen to the podcast. 
I know it's a bigger show with Chris. I want Chris here too. He'll be here Monday. He'll be here Wednesday. Um, but I hope today that God laid on my heart uh, a message that helps you today, that encourages you today, um, that uh, gets you through whatever the challenges are in your life. A reminder, because I didn't get to it, our uh, legal firm of choice that we highly recommend is Willis Spangler Starling. They're great attorneys. They're great people. They're believers, and um, they feel a compunction beyond what is compelled to them by the law to serve you and to do a great job for you. They'll know how to proceed, whether it's workers' comp, personal injury, wills, estate planning, contracts, whatever it is, uh, please remember Willis Spangler Starling. They're online at willisattorneys.com. Hope you have a great day. Hope this encouraged you in some way. You encourage me with your responses, your emails, all the things that you do, and the fact that you take the time to listen to the podcast. So have a great day. Hopefully you'll join me this afternoon, 989theanswer.com, 989.9 on your FM dial. Hope I see you then.